0: I'm Mel Stewart and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is a luminary. Today we have a four-time Olympic medalist, the most celebrated Olympian from the 1992 Olympic Games. Today we have Summer Sanders helping us with our ongoing coverage and understanding of what just happened with the Olympic Games. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm awesome. It was a fun, different kind of Olympic Games. Wouldn't you agree, Mel? Yes. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that was a pause. That was a, um, it was a curious pause for me. I, I, here's what I loved about the Olympic Games. I love the fact that I felt, from my perspective, silvers and bronzes were respected and beloved, really most importantly by the athletes who earned them and won them. And then subsequently by the public and the media more so, right? Um, I loved the fact that countries we had uh, not heard of as winning medals (laughs) from lane number one, uh, you know, hit the wall first and won gold and there was pure joy and surprise and that it's what you long for in an Olympic Games as opposed to somebody who's expected to win and touches the wall and sort of gives you this response of, oh, thank goodness, Right. Um, I really genuinely loved all these shocking moments and, and pure the beauty of the Olympic games. That's what I saw.
0: What describe the, your household's experience. Are you, are you on the couch eating popcorn? Are you just like rolling media interviews all day long? What, what, what happened to you during the games?
1: Listen, Mel, I could not really get my family to watch the Olympic games. I don't know what it was like in your house, but my kids are busy and lot going on. And they would hear me cheering from down the hall. I'm out in the living room watching it. And both Olympic trials and the Olympic games, I really tried to get them to come watch it with me a little bit more. I really liked having it as a family moment. And then I realized most all the other summer Olympic games, we were there live. We were tasting it from the stands. We were cheering as we watched the people swimming right below with the smell of chlorine in our face. So it was different for them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, a few interviews and, and some jobs of course, that I love surrounding the Olympics, but for the most part, it was me really taking in and soaking up the nighttime prime time.
0: So this is the first for you where you weren't there. You've always been there.
1: No 2008 I was not there cause my son Spider was just eight months old. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the only one, if, unless you go back to mm-hmm. winter Games the winter games there've been several that i haven't attended i wish i could go back and go to lillehammer if there was one olympic games right that you could go back to and not compete in but either work or be a fan which one would it be i don't
0: know that's a hard question I, I i you know what i uh, i was i was in beijing so i for me it was a religious experience if you know i'm not religious but Seeing what I witnessed in 2008 with Michael felt special, and yeah. that was that was meaningful because I think that you know you probably felt the same way following him when from when he was a little kid in 2000 to the the full blossoming of that eight medal run that was that was a, that was a unique experience. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Super special. Yeah. But, but I'd want to placid. I'd want to see Miracle on Ice. Right. I'd want to oh. go back to society at that time. I mean, my God, you were looking at a mortgage that was 18% gas lines forever. Um, but I'd want to be there witnessing that moment. And then uh, Lillehammer, I've just heard winter games, my husband's a uh, winter Olympian and winter games are just a little bit different. You know, you got to be hardcore because you're standing outside and freezing and the glue vine is flowing and it's fun. So then, I,
0: then, did I misunderstand your question? You mean, like one, you didn't go to any in history that you would like to go to. Is that what it was? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, 36. The Nazi games. Okay. I would like to, I, I want, I want to see a black man win all the medals in front of Hitler. Um, you know, I just, I, I thought that the, 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 you know, what do they wear? Do they wear wool bathing suits? I can't remember. I want to see it. I'd like to be a fly on the I'd like to be a fly on the wall.
1: Right. Right. That would be amazing. And those moments in history. I agree with you.
0: So you, so it sounds like uh, you were working during this past Olympics and our most, uh, most recent and it was, but it's also chaotic because you're your mom and you've got things going on. And so were you alone on the couch? Were you eating popcorn? I, I have this image in my head of what the Sanders experience is like and, and you're messing it up for me.
1: I'm sorry. Well, I do have to say that my friend, Dina Gerson, sent me a bunch of USA paraphernalia. So I had these USA sort of like party beads that you'd get from Mardi Gras, before they say USA. So I had maybe five of them around my neck. I had, um, you know, some USA just, I don't know, um, decorations. And it was most times me. It was my mom. I had my mom with me for the month. So my mom and I would be there and we'd be cheering our heads off, even though we knew the results. We just loved watching it. We loved the expression when people touched the wall across the finish line um, or lifted the bar over their head. I mean, when the Philippines won their very first Olympic gold medal, I was, I just, we were tearing up over the commercials. Are you kidding me? Jessica Long and her Toyota commercial. Oh every time. I just, I don't know. It was fine that I was by myself with, you know, and oftentimes with my mom, I, my my, Mel, my kids have schedules, my daughter's working. So I, and she's not driving yet. So I need to pick her up from work. And sometimes work would end at eight. Well, that's right in the middle of prime time. So I would miss some of it. And then we'd come back to it. And So it was a a disrupted uh, Olympic viewing experience, but I, I don't know, I soaked it up as much as I could.
0: I just, I have to say this, this is completely off topic, but I want to say thank yeah. you for always being supportive of Swim Swam. Um, <laughs> during the pandemic, nothing's happening. And I'm like, you know, what do we do? We, we got to talk to stars and like, you know, we, call, we, we talk to you, but you, here's the thing. You come up, you're on your phone. As remember, you walked in, you're like, how are you doing? We're hanging yeah. out. Now we're at the pool. Yeah. It was just, we're it was
1: pool. And look at people are keep, and look at, I have my swimsuit on, but anyway, so I'm, uh, Already, I mean, I love my Olympic games, but I'm already gearing up for the next greatest season, which is the NFL season. And this is my Mafia is family, Buffalo Bills. So everybody can go and cheer for those Buffalo Bills. And then, Mel, we're going to be on to the next Olympic Games in Beijing. Like, we just, all we have to do is pause for a moment. Everybody's going to be looking at the winter Olympians that we all need to start cheering for. So we're not going to have a lull by any means.
0: It's going to be fast. And just yeah. on the summer side, we have two quick world championships and then we're off to Paris. Yeah. So it's it's incredibly passive. Let's bring it to swim a little bit. I know you watched it all. I know that you, you, you have transcended Olympic sports and you are a lover of everything. And you've done television work, of course, for many, many decades, you know, covering everything from entertainment to sports. But it's um, let's bring it to swim. Was there one particular moment in swim that 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 stands out for you?
1: Well, I was really excited for Caleb Dressel to get his shot to be a superstar. You know, I think he's just a wonderful human being. Um, I don't know if I've ever met him in person. If I have, we haven't spent a lot of time together. So it would have just been in passing. So I can't say I know him, but I do feel like I recognize him and I like who he is. Um, And I thought, God, he deserves to have his moment. And it was beautiful, right? Everything he touched basically was gold except for that, Let's talk about the co-ed relay and rework that a bit, right? Um, but yeah, everything he touched was gold. And the way he authentically just wore his heart on his sleeve was really beautiful. And then I remember I reminded a lot of people because, you know, Mel, we have a short memory when it comes to Olympic Games. Even now, I said to my friend, who's not, as, he just, she doesn't watch swimming, but she watched the Olympics. She's a, she's a huge Olympic fan. I said, could you name for me some swimmers? And she said, Katie Ledecky and Caleb Dressel. And I was like, "It, it is amazing how quickly, and that's something we can touch on later too, how quickly these names sort of fade from our memory. But I knew those two would stick with people. And I think Caleb sticks with people, not only because he won. I think it's the way he won and everything that he did and his beautiful family and his wife and all of that love. And you really could feel how hard it was for him. And he even said it was such a tough year which then just made everyone relate to him. I don't know. I, I think I was most looking forward to him shining and then I was so glad that he really did.
0: So don't interrupt me, but I'm gonna, I I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say it. Caleb Dressel is the Summer Sanders of the 2020 Olympic games. And here's why I'm, I was your peer and this is what I see in common. I think you guys are kindred spirits. Um, amazingly talented, uh, someone who's eternally positive, you, you, you get the sense that they're projecting this positivity, sense of team. Uh, there, there's a, a kindness to him that I really love. And, but you can see that he's a competitor. He's out there to win, but he's holding back all the, the stresses and the strains and the pressures. You don't It's like you can tell he's holding it back, but it's obviously there. Mm-hmm. Which was your experience? Um, you had, I've witnessed you under a lot of stressful moments, but you were still summer. You were still like, I'm still shiny, still summer. Um, Caleb's very similar. Um, and, but I I do think we saw a little more emotion from him because we're coming off of a pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's beautiful to see, right. That raw, real, authentic emotion is, Everyone needs to see it. It was just I was appreciative that he really showed that. And and you know, it sort of leads into the the conversation that Simone Biles opened up, right? And that um I'm really glad people are talking about it. And you just mentioned it, right? Here my Olympic Games was nineteen our Olympic Games was nineteen ninety two, Mel. Cell phones weren't invented. Uh internet was like what maybe on, I don't know, World Wide Web was just coming out or something. Let's go back into the history books and see when it was actually available for everyone. Um, so all the pressures that I had were, were really put on myself and the media lead up, frankly, right? And I had qualified for four individual events and a relay, so do the math and we're awesome, the United States of America. And so we think, okay, well, she has a shot at gold in all of them. She's expected to win five gold medals. And so I knew in my heart of hearts, as did probably anyone on my team, meaning coaches and anybody from U.S. swimming, knew that would probably be a long shot. But the more you hear it, the more you think, well, maybe I could win five gold medals. Oh, maybe. Right. So when I hop out of the water and the first question is, oh, you must be so disappointed. There is You're right. I did have this like positive shell around me and I kept that positive shell up as much as I possibly could. But you know, they little, little chinks in it, little dents, little cracks. Each time they asked, you must be so disappointed. So I did say this, this is the new conversation that people ask me and that I get to talk about after these Olympic games is that experience specifically. And I get to say authentically, if I could change anything about my experience, it would be um, those expectations of myself and being bold enough to sort of almost be shame on you for asking that I'm disappointed with a bronze medal and an American record or a silver medal and an American record. And because I let all of that sort of seep into my little armor, my positive armor and chinks and the holes and the cracks. And so by the time my last race rolled around that 200 butterfly and I won I touch the wall. I turn around. I see the one next to my name. The first emotion I had was relief. And I always think, what is shame? What is sh-? That's why I love these moments of pure joy. Just joy. I blew my mind. I can't believe I just won this race. This is amazing. Those are the moments that I soak up because I sort of wish I had that. I wish that my experience was, the pure joy of winning as opposed to the relief that I haven't once again, let people down.
0: Um, I wish I'd cried and not <laughs> bought it to hold it back. You know, I could go back to that, that younger self and punch him in the face and go, let it go. Um, but the interesting there that that is correct. There's, there's a whole lot of context. We talked about it in the last podcast, but the silver and bronze. That's Those are, there's my, there, maybe they should have been different colors, um, <laughs> but, uh, you had an astounding Olympics. I thought your performance was extraordinary. And yeah, everyone was relieved when you won because it's like, look, this, this feels, this feels right. And we knew this should be the case, but there was, there was collective relief on the team. Everyone's like, summer needs to leave here with an individual gold medal. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody felt that all your peers felt that, that cared about you, but the, um, you know, I, let me bring this to your to your attention. I always you're talking about the emotion and of a silver and bronze medal, and it should be celebrated. Podencu won the three, and she won uh-huh. a 357.2 against an astounding swimmer, that you know, uh, Ariane Titmus. And and I remember the questions, and I didn't like the questions she was being asked because I'm, hey. I kept saying to my wife and my daughter, "I'm like, she won a 357.2." She's happy with that swim. She's entirely happy and fine with her medal. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I was, I was getting a little bit emotional about, about certain, the way things, the way things play out, but that's typical of, of television, which you understand.
1: Yeah. Well, because glory is beautiful. And once you achieve glory, it's really hard for people to digest how difficult it is for an Olympic athlete to do it again and do it again and do it again. I mean, it's becoming much more the norm than the one and done as I like to claim myself, you know, I went to one games and really, I, I don't know if I had the stomach to want to do it again. You know, I loved my Olympics, but did I want to put myself through that again? Obviously I didn't, I didn't make the team, you know, um, I made a comeback and it didn't work out. And, uh, and in that moment, I, it was when I actually appreciated everything about 92, my teammates. Um, the, the city, like how beautiful that games was the very beginning of NBC's tenure and how, how still kind of pure and fun it was not overly produced, but yeah, I think when you look at Katie and the way she handled everything, um, I really wish she didn't have to handle everything. We knew that race was going to be really tough. In fact, she wasn't favored in that race, you know, but again, we just, we hope, and we put her on a pedestal, but she, she really reminded us that that there's more to this, right? And that relationship and that response that Katie had and, and their relationship and how, how like pure and beautiful just for the sport it was. I just, I, I am so proud of Katie Ledecky and it has been right. Such a joy to watch her grow up. I, I have just loved to be on that team, to be on Ledecky team Ledecky. It's been it's been really fun.
0: You couldn't help it. I heard a little bit of swim nerd come out several minutes ago. Might have been five minutes ago. What I do? And, and the the mixed medley relay. I just oh. went, I want to. I want to. Your, I want to ask your. ask I want to ask for comment. But first, I'm gonna. I am I got i got to add this context. After that event, my phone started blowing up. I don't know if your phone started blowing up. My phone started blowing up. I start, but the person who called me the most was probably, and only because I've been talking to him so much since the pandemic was Mark Spitz. I've been talking to Mark, uh, uh, you know, just, Hey, what's going on with you, buddy? How you doing? Yeah. Um, A lot of people had a lot of opinions about how that should have gone differently. Do you have an opinion on the, on the mixed medley relay?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I knew our deficiencies, Right. I mean, it's great to have a guy who rules all the sprint events, but then when it comes to the mixed relay, it's not great. So where do you put Caleb? That's the number one thing. Do you finish with Caleb? Is he your anchor leg? Right. But do you finish? So do you want the lead? Do you want the lead? And then, and, and also here's what I loved about it. It was so beautiful. I love female sports. I love women's sports. I think we are amazing, but did you see the difference between a woman racing a man, right? Head to head that when I watched that relay, I was like, oh, wait a second. Somebody totally slipped on the start because the guys swimming backstroke were so much further ahead than the women. So there are variables you have to consider here, right? When is it, what position is it the worst to have that kind of wake to swim into? Like, when do you want to be behind? What stroke is it the least destructive to have to swim into that wake? I haven't figured it out. I want to hear, cause you're the full swim nerd. Um, I just knew, um, I just knew I wanted to be, I think I wanted the lead going into the final leg and that's hindsight is 2020. So how would you put it?
0: I, I don't have a Stanford education. Um, I don't have, I. you know, when it comes to math, whew, it's bad. You have
1: Tennessee some credit, all right? No, okay, okay, but I,
0: okay, okay. I, I understand simple math. Yeah. Um, but my, my response to this has always been a gut response, which is I believe that relays, specifically on the Olympic stage, is about getting out in front and staying out in front and hanging on to the lead. And you bank on... Your sense of pride and sense of uh, of of being a teammate and hanging on to that lead, but I do think that relays, particularly at the Olympic Games, is about getting the lead and staying yep. out of the rough water. And I know okay. a lot. I know a lot of people didn't want didn't want it to be Ryan Murphy Michael Andrew on the breaststroke because they felt Michael Andrew's breaststroke was going to be a little bit weak. They didn't know what to expect. Um, but I would have gone with with Murphy and uh, and uh, Michael Andrew or I would have gone, uh, Murphy, Lydia, Jacoby, breaststroke, Ryan, uh, uh, Caleb Dressel, butterfly and, uh, but I I do think that it's, the pool is so extraordinarily wavy.
1: Yeah. So where, so that's the physics of it, right? I think it's great. I love the race. I love the fact, um, I, I just, I loved the team part of it. Did you love doing relays? I say this to every club. Every club should have Friday relays. It should just be mandatory if for no other reason that you got to see the influence of an NCAA swimmer. When somebody swims collegiately, you know how to do relay exchanges. That one that one relay exchange, who was it? Where I mean, I I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, he false started. That was the closest relay exchange I've ever seen.
0: Pretty sure it was Zach Apple.
1: Yeah, right. And and then in the end they actually
0: I think it was the first relay. Yeah, yeah. It, was the first, it was the first relay here's the, here actually Braden Keith wrote a, a piece about this and it was a, we in and, and his, and, and his title of this thing was that we can no longer say that just because we do, we do NC two a sports that, that, that makes us a, a greater relay nation and he compared everyone's exchanges. But I, I think that it had a lot to do with, um, I think it had a lot to do with the fact that we weren't a sharpened knife, and that we hadn't raced as much as we had, his, you know, in the past, because uh-huh. we went through a, we lived through a pandemic. Yeah. So,
1: did you go to any of the training camp? Did you see how many relay exchanges they were doing at the training camp?
0: I didn't, but everybody was asking me that, and I and I didn't have any intel. But it was a um, everyone has lots of opinions. Our peers have many, many opinions about yeah. that relay.
1: Yeah. Well, it was fun. It was fun. And you know what? Now they're going to be fired up in Paris to get it right. And who knows if they'll get it right because they're not just competing against, uh, you know, the exact same scenario in the lanes next to them. The lanes next to them could totally shake things up and mess with them. And it's how you match up and it's how physics plays into the movement of the water and the, the rush of the water and, and all of it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. I, I loved them- all the next stuff.
0: I wasn't a fan of the mixed medley relay until we lost.
1: <laughs> and now you're a fan because you want to get better.
0: Now there's drama. Now this is a part of the, 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 the team USA narrative and it matters, but uh, yeah. I, I just appreciate that. I grabbed you. And within 25 minutes, I pulled out a little bit of swim nerd and uh, I will, I'll call that a win. I don't want to hold Perfect. you too long. Is there, are there, are there any of the moments at the Olympics? I mean, you, you, you alluded to the, our Tunisian wing. Ahmed and the foreigner free. That was exciting from, from lane eight. Uh, Any other moments for you that stand out?
1: No, I think the only thing that stands out is continuing the conversation. And I challenge you with this, continuing the conversation of mental health with our Olympians. Um, It goes back to that narrative and that idea of my really good friend who loves the Olympic games. We live in a ski town, but she couldn't name the swimmers, you know, two days after closing ceremony. And I I was on another podcast um, with Melissa Rivers, and we were talking about this. And I just sort of reminded the friends of Olympians, the best thing you can do for them right now is to continue to invite them to normal things, right? Invite them to a barbecue. Tell them don't bring your medal. Just come to the barbecue. Let's just hang out. Continue to provide a foundation of just daily life for them. To give them a reminder, not that they all would need this, but a reminder of why they matter and who they are. And it has nothing to do with their performance in the Olympic Games. That's wonderful. That's awesome. But the thing that's going to keep their mental uh, their mental health in check and, uh, and the strength of their mental health every single day, it really comes down to who cares about them, um, who loves them. And, and why they matter and why they matter has nothing to do with the medals around their neck. So I challenge you with continuing to check in. I challenge you with continuing to talk about the Olympic blues, that they're very normal when you come back from an Olympic Games. I describe it as imagine your favorite Christmas and you're 10 years old and you've been looking forward to Christmas morning for 364 days. And then Christmas morning happens and you race through opening up all your presents and then it's over. And you've got to wait another 365 days for your next greatest day of your life and multiply that by a million. And that's, you know, the weeks and the months after an Olympic games, whenever it hits an athlete, when the hook law settles down and you try to figure things out. Um, And specifically with the swimmers, because they don't have a professional team that they're going to, unless I don't know if international swimming league is happening right now, but They don't have this professional league. They're not heading off to their next soccer match. Um, You know, World Surfing League is is in Mexico right now. They've got their next uh, competition contest happening. So we don't have that. So check in with your swimmers, right? Invite them out to dinner. Do normal stuff. And don't forget, they're they're just regular people that just happen to win a few medals.
0: You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week.
1: You can take Swim Swim podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.